0: Tyler Johnson lays it along for Gord up top. Unattainable pass now. Foot race. Jake DeBrus gets back up. He walks in alone. He scores! Jake DeBrus with his first and 11. The draft's over. And the Bruins have a 2-0 lead. Hello friends. I don't know if it was that Jake DeBrusque goal or this cup of coffee that I'm working on, but I am still buzzing after last night's 2-1 win for our Boston Bruins over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren and I am the host of this podcast that you can find wherever podcasts are can be downloaded, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Carrier Pigeon, wherever you get podcasts from, you can get the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Apple listeners, I would encourage you to leave a rating and a review. That would be very much appreciated. If you are on Twitter.com, you can find me at C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Today on the podcast, we'll look back at last night's big win over the Lightning. We'll also update the Eastern Conference power rankings and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. There is some breaking reports about next year's salary cap, which could have some huge implications for the Bruins. Uh, But first, Jake DeBrusque scores the game-winning goal uh, after getting tripped up on a breakaway, getting back up on his feet, putting the puck past Andre Vasilevsky, and, uh, you know, there was some question as to where he would play in the lineup as, uh, you know, the number two left winger on the team. He has been playing traditionally with uh, David Krejci and then whoever they had on the right side prior to the trade deadline. Uh He's since been bumped down to the third line alongside Charlie Coyle. He did skate prior to this one on the top line with Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak as Brad Marshan was a game time decision after coming down with some food poisoning from some bad salmon. Apparently as it happened, Marchand was able to play. Uh DeBrusque was on the third line with uh, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner, and it was a very effective line. And DeBrusque was rewarded with his first goal since uh, February 8th, I believe. And, uh, Bruce Cassidy said, It's nice to see when you play the right way and you're on pucks and chipping behind them and not getting ridden out of the play easily. He's a guy, meaning DeBrusque, that at his age, scoring matters, maybe more than some other guys. I'm glad he got playing the right way. It wasn't a freebie. He earned it because he was playing hard. Uh, Coyle deflected a Tampa pass into the neutral zone. DeBrusque turned on the Jets. Lunch for the loose puck at the lightning blue line. He was tripped by a diving Zach Bogosian. Uh, but as the ref put up his arm to call a delayed penalty, Debrusque popped up, collected the puck, finished off the breakaway with a nice top shelf, uh, snipe on Andre Vasilevsky for his 19th of the season, giving the Bruins a 2 0 lead. That uh they would not relinquish. Uh, Cassidy added he was persistent. Another night maybe he goes down on that one and doesn't get up. You just don't know. He stuck with it, got rewarded at the end. I thought their line was excellent. And yes, that line sorry, that line of Coil, Wagner, and Debrusque uh play really well um uh, in this game, and I have a feeling that they will be kept together for a couple games at least. Um, you know. Anders Bjork and Carson Kuhlman are both candidates to play on the right side of any given line. Uh, both were scratched last night in favor of uh, Wagner being put on the third line, and then we had a fourth line of Corrali, Lindholm, and Nordstrom. Uh, Nordstrom engaged in some fisticuffs, which really seemed to get uh, the team energized, as it did with David Krejci a couple games back. Um, so I think this is a lineup that we might see together a little bit here um, as maybe the more skilled and speedy Kuhlman and Bjork take a backseat and see what it takes to uh, succeed at this time of year from a bird's eye view. Uh, DeBrusque added, uh, you know, hopefully I get hot at the right time. We all know he's a bit of a streaky player. He added, that's one of the main things. Usually in the past, I have gotten better around this time just overall mentality. It's a matter of sticking with it, grinding it out and understanding that these things do happen. That being a bit of a gold drought that he was on just a matter of trying to limit those. And hopefully I have a hot streak. I mean, ultimately, hopefully it's uh, some consistent scoring that he's able to bring to the table, being sent down to the third line, certainly has sent a message that Bruce Cassidy wanted to get through to the young uh, winger. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come for him and uh you know just getting that secondary scoring and contributions up and down the lineup I mentioned uh, Brad Merchant he was held out of the morning skate was a game time decision uh, and he ended up scoring the first goal for the Bruins on a, a tip in from a Tory Krug feed uh, with about 55 seconds to go in the first period it was the 290th goal of his career, moving him past Ken Hodge for seventh on the Bruins all time goals list. He was limited to only about 14 minutes. Uh, tried to keep the shift short. He said he felt bad for Bergeron and Pasternak having to put up with me, but we got it done and it was a good win. Uh, I'm not sure about the scorekeeping down in Tampa, but uh, should mention. Uh, Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha playing on the second line alongside of uh, David Krejci. They were both um, noted for making several shot blocks in this one, although they were only credited with uh, a couple each. Uh, I think it's more reasonable to suggest they made, you know, four or five each. It seemed like, um, and both played a really good effort at both ends of the ice. Kasha had three shots on goal, a couple good looks. And I think it's only a matter of time until he finds the back of the net. Uh, Richie had two shots, five hits, uh, only credited with one block, which is crazy. Kasha was credited with two, also crazy. Um, and I think uh, both play really well alongside uh, Krejci. uh I mentioned on Twitter that Andre doesn't have any goals, but I am cautiously optimistic that he's going to score sooner than later and I, I feel really good about his game so far in a Bruins uniform. Um, what else should we note about this game? The Lightning came on really strong in the third period and if you look at the um, game chart from Natural Statric, you see that yeah they really made a push. Uh, Boston did have the overall advantage in terms of uh, shot attempts at 5-on-5 play with a 52.75% advantage. Kick that to uh, all situations. It drops to 52.38, but Boston did have uh, the lion's share of shot attempts in this one. Uh, that differential was made up in the third period for sure, as uh, the Lightning had, uh, let's see here, you know what they only had seven shots on goal in the third period it looked like they were really dominating play but Boston did a good job of keeping them to the outside limiting those shots on goal and it was a great defensive effort uh, and that Tuka Rask credited his teammates with that saying both ends of the ice being above the puck at all times even when we got caught in our own end a couple of times we managed to sort it out defend the middle a great defensive game Ultimately, he was denied the shutout as Mitchell Stevens uh, scored on him uh, to make it 2-1. The Bruins weren't able to get the um, empty net goal late in the game to extend the lead, but they were able to hold on and it really was a great defensive effort. Uh, Rask made a amazing stop on Anthony Sorelli to keep Boston ahead, midway through the through period, so he came up big when necessary. With the victory, the Bruins are now nine points ahead of the Lightning for top spot in the Atlantic Division. Uh, the two teams, of course, will meet again on Saturday night back in Boston. Tory Krug said it was definitely an important game. Both teams knew going in uh, that it was going to be a good matchup, really did have a playoff feel to it. It was a fun one, a close game. For us to go up nine points, Krug added, especially before Saturday's game when we play them again, it's definitely an important two points to collect. Um, With that said, let's now update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings. Actually, scratch that. We're going to extend it, as we have for the past couple weeks, to the uh, Eastern Conference Power Rankings because we all know there's no real reason to talk anymore about certainly the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, uh the Montreal Canadiens, they're seven points out of a wild card spot with fourteen games remaining. Several teams to leapfrog. I don't really think they're in it. Uh so let's and oh, sorry, with all due respect to Buffalo, they're way out of it as well. Actually, no due respect. They're they're trash. Um so let's talk about the top eleven teams in the Eastern Conference. We're bumping it down to eleven, seeing as the Florida Panthers Still do somewhat have a shot at reaching third place in the Atlantic Division. They are five points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs with the game in hand. The Maple Leafs lost on Tuesday, 5-2 in San Jose. Uh, they could have extended that and pretty much locked down the third spot with a seven point lead. Uh, but, uh, they left the door open for the Florida Panthers who, as I said, are 11th overall in the East. Record of 33-26-7, 73 points, and even zero goal differential. I've talked all season long about how if they had managed to get uh, even league average goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky, who they are paying $10 million per season this year and for the next six, uh, then they would at least make the Atlantic division more interesting. Uh, But they just continually seem to... Uh, disappoint Um, and you know uh, time is running out for them to make up ground here on the Maple Leafs their next game will be actually tomorrow night against our Boston Bruins so um, I wouldn't expect a win for Florida in that one and uh, that might further seal their fate as a non-playoff team in 10th place we have the New York Rangers They have a record of 35, 27, and 4, 74 points. They're four points out of a wildcard spot and fifth in the Metropolitan Division. They were riding a pretty good hot streak there for a while, but they have since lost three games in a row, which have really cooled down their playoff hopes. And the loss of Chris Kreider certainly uh, won't help that at all. He is out with a fractured foot, I believe, after blocking a shot. Uh, So the Rangers know probably not able to make up that ground and will be on the outside looking in come playoff time and here's where things start to get a bit more interesting in eighth place right now overall we have the Columbus Blue Jackets with 78 points they are tied with the New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs with 78 points however the Carolina Hurricanes trail by three points so they're uh, you know, outside of the playoff picture looking in at the moment, three points behind the Columbus Blue Jackets. They do, however, have three games in hand and they have a much more promising goal differential, plus 24 as compared to Columbus's minus four. Columbus has been decimated by injuries and uh, despite winning the other night, um, they are 2-4-4 four, and four in their last 10 games overall and really seem to be... Uh, destined to fall outside of the race. Uh, like I said, they're in there right now, uh, but they have played three more games than the Carolina Hurricanes. And I expect when the Hurricanes uh, finish their season, they will be in a playoff spot. Um, so I'm putting Columbus at ninth and Carolina in eighth uh, for the time being, despite the fact Columbus has uh, more points. If we look at point percentage, however, we see that... Carolina does have an edge, 586 compared to 582. Columbus is actually ahead of, sorry, Carolina is actually ahead of Toronto as well. Toronto has a record of um, 35, 24, and 8 after last night's loss. They also have a 582 point percentage. So putting the Panthers in 11th, Rangers in 10th. I'll put the Blue Jackets in 9th, the Toronto Maple Leafs in uh, eighth and the Carolina Hurricanes in seventh at 586 win percentage and a much better, uh, goal differential than the Maple Leafs as well. Like I mentioned, Carolina's is at plus 24, the Maple Leafs, uh, currently at, uh, minus 12. The New York Islanders, they have 78 points through 65 games. Um, so they have two games in hand on both Columbus and Toronto as well. Uh, so a better point percentage at 600. Uh, they do concern me. However, they're two, six and two in their last 10. They're on a two game losing streak. Um, I don't think they've won since the trade deadline after they made a splash by acquiring JG Pajot. They only have a plus two goal differential and uh, we saw how Boston pretty much dominated them over the weekend. Uh, if they're able to fall to the second wildcard spot, I think that would be a prime matchup for the Boston Bruins in the first round, and um, that would be yeah, really nice to see them get that pretty easy matchup. I don't, I don't have really have any faith in the New York Islanders at this point. Uh, however, I'm still putting them in six, despite because they have amassed 78 points through those 65 games, which is more than Toronto and Columbus, uh, who have played two more games. Top five. uh, Now we have the Pittsburgh Penguins in fifth. They have 82 points, record of 38, 21, and six. Uh, They had been on a six game losing streak, I believe, but they finally won last night over the Ottawa Senators. So that's not really all that impressive. Uh, Plus 30 goal differential, which is tied with... The fourth place team, the Philadelphia Flyers. They have played 65 games. They have a record of 38-20-7, a plus-30 goal differential, and uh, currently second in the Metro and would have home ice advantage in a first-round series against Pittsburgh, which would be uh, pretty fun to watch. Third place in the East, I'm putting the Metro Division-leading Washington Capitals. They have a record of 40-19-6, 86 points plus 27 goal differential. Uh, they're currently deploying a line of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Kovalchuk, uh, which is pretty fun to watch. And um, they've been pretty much the class of the Metro all season long. They went through a bit of a down spell. They're actually still only 4-5-1 and one over their last 10, uh, but they seem to be finding that gear after acquiring Kovalchuk and Brendan Dillon prior to the trade deadline. Second place. I'm still putting the Tampa Bay lightning. They are five and five in their last 10. Uh, They've actually dropped below the capitals in terms of point percentage, uh, but they have a much better goal differential at plus 46 compared to Washington's plus 27. And um, you know, it really looks like they're going to finish second in the Atlantic, uh, possibly second overall in the East. um, And despite the fact that they've lost Steven Stamkos for the foreseeable future. They're still a pretty formidable opponent, as we saw last night. In first place, obviously, is the Boston Bruins. Record of 42, 13, and 12 after last night's win over the Lightning. 96 points, which is 9 ahead of the Lightning. Plus 52 goal differential uh, compared to plus 46, the Tampa Bay Lightning, in second place. And if we look at their numbers... Recently, the underlying numbers are actually very encouraging for the Bruins as well. You can't just say that this has been a lucky streak that they're on. Since their bye week and since coming back against uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the Bruins are 13-3 and over those past 16 games. If you look at the underlying numbers, they have a Corsi percentage at even strength of 52.35, which is uh, good for 7th overall in the NHL. If we look at their expected goals that rises to 54.94 which is fourth in the NHL behind Vegas, Montreal and Minnesota. Uh, If we look at their PDO we see that they're not you know particularly high in that they're 100.9 which is ninth Uh, meaning they're not you know particularly riding high shooting percentages or high save percentages uh, the Flyers currently in first over that stretch at 102.9. So their recent stretch is a bit, um, a bit of puck luck working on their side. All that to say the Bruins recent success isn't really smoke and mirrors. It's justified by some very strong play, particularly at five on five. We all know how deadly the power play can be. They have a very effective penalty kill. So the fact that the Bruins are so, uh, high, in the standings in the East right now is, um, you know, explained through those underlying numbers and doesn't suggest that they're due for any regression anytime soon, which is very encouraging to see. We might see Cassidy rest some guys here and there, uh, which could result in some losses, but that's fine. They have a pretty solid standing atop the Atlantic, atop the um, uh, Eastern Conference, atop the NHL. Really, they have now those 96 points, six up on St. Louis in the race for the President's Trophy and home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, so Boston has a luxury, especially after last night's win of uh, being able to rest some guys down the stretch, which should hopefully pay off for them uh, in the postseason when the games matter most. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's finish today's show by looking at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, I forgot to mention yesterday there was some uh, talk about uh, Torrey Krug and his impending UFA status. Um, there was some talk about that. He said you know, he doesn't really want to talk about it much during the season, not really something that's on his radar right now. Uh, there was a re- uh, report this morning from Bill Daly, who is the assistant or deputy commissioner uh, of the NHL. And he said the salary cap could go up to as high as 84 to 88.2 million uh, up from the current 81.5 million It's dependent on negotiations with the NHLPA. That would be obviously huge for the Bruins as they are looking to retain crew services and also have to resign uh, the likes of Jake DeBrusque, Matt Grizzlick, Anders Bjork, uh, perhaps also Yaroslav Halak, Um, so if the cap is able to go up, that would certainly be a benefit to the Bruins and their efforts to keep this current core together. Um, what else is going on around the NHL? Apparently Montreal Canadiens general manager, Mark Bergevin said head coach, Claude Julien will return behind the bench next season. Uh, some fans are calling for the GM and the coach to be fired as the club is on the verge of missing the playoffs for the third straight year. Neither guy seems to really be going anywhere. Uh, But, you know, this offseason will go a long way to determining uh, kind of their course for the future and whether those two are with the team long term. Again, that cap space would help the Canadians as it would many other teams. Um, As I mentioned earlier, their underlying numbers recently are, are pretty strong. Actually, the Canadians have been playing well. I think it's more a issue of personnel than the coaching Uh, but uh, perhaps some fresh voices are needed in that room uh, to get them going uh, in the future. Mentioned the Leafs lost last night, but Austin Matthews did find the back of the net. He scored his 46th goal of the season. He is now one back of David Pasternak for the league lead in goals, with Alexander Ovechkin one back of Matthews at 45. Leon Dreisaitl rounds out the 40-goal club with 43 at the moment. Those are the four guys with the best chance of winning the Rocket Richard Trophy. And uh, Pasternak hasn't scored here in a couple games, but hopefully he's able to uh, find the back of the net in uh, Thursday's game against Florida to kind of extend that a bit. Uh, Pasternak's now at 92 points. Third overall in the NHL behind Connor McDavid at 95 and Leon Dreisettle, who's running away with the Art Ross race at, uh, 108. Uh, Tuka Rask now just one per oh, like, yeah, very close to the league lead in save percentage. Pavel Francouz, Darcy Kemper, Anton Kadobin leading the league at 929. Tuca Rask is at, uh, 928. Uh, to lead uh yeah pretty much all goalies who have started the majority of their team's games. Uh Rask has thirty nine starts compared to twenty six for Kemper, twenty nine for Hudobin and twenty nine for Francouz. And I really think Rask deserves to be in the Vesna trophy conversation at this point. Uh anyone who says otherwise, you know, go away. Connor Hellebuck should be up there, certainly Ben Bishop, uh, but Tuka Rask has been exceptional. The Ottawa Senators have fired their new CEO Jim Little after less than two months on the job. Um, apparently, it was due to conduct that was inconsistent with core values of the team and the NHL. So that um, you know, kind of goes back to. Discussion points earlier in this season of dismissals based on conduct. There's no real um, knowledge of what that is at this point, but we'll update that uh, as possible. Commissioner Gary Bettman talked about the coronavirus and said it's business as usual for the NHL as the world responds to the outbreak of this virus. We've mentioned how there's been some postponements and cancellations across the pond over in Europe, and that may affect the world championships. Bettman said, we're taking it day by day, keeping everyone completely informed, relying on what the experts are telling us. More than 60 countries are now impacted by coronavirus, and a number of businesses, cultural and sporting events around the world have been cancelled or postponed. Uh, there's some concerns about international travel, and Bettman said NHL teams can still make their own decisions about overseas travel. That's especially important right now with Scouts looking to nail down, you know, potential draft choices. He did add league employees have been barred from all business travel and will be quarantined for two weeks if they choose to travel to areas affected by the virus. So some growing concerns there. If it does continue to spread around North America, uh, there may be some more discussions about that. And, uh, yeah, encourage you all to, uh, stay safe out there, wash your hands and, um, yeah. Take care of yourselves for sure. That's it for today's edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. As always, I'm Ian McLaren. You can find me at McLaren. Download, subscribe, listen to, and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to preview Thursday's game against the Florida Panthers. Have a great Wednesday, friends, and we'll talk to you again soon. Peace.